Welcome to Disrupting Japan. Straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for joining me. Of all the industries that are going to be impacted by artificial intelligence, the legal profession is going to be one of the most profoundly transformed. And today, we sit down and talk with Nozu Tsunoda, a licensed attorney and the founder of Legal On, a rapidly growing startup using AI to review and manage contracts. And while their initial clients have been mostly corporate legal departments, Nozo explains how AI is beginning to force changes to the behavior of even traditional legal firms. Now, if you're in the U.S., you might not have heard of Legal On yet, but you'll be hearing a lot about them soon. Nozo and the team recently raised over $100 million, in large part to fuel their recent U.S. market entry. Nozo and I talk about the challenges of selling increased efficiency to lawyers who bill by the hour, Legal On's U.S. expansion plans, and how AI is going to change the entire legal industry. But you know, Nozo tells that story much better than I can. So let's get right to the interview. So I'm sitting here with Nozo Tsunoda of Legal On, who's using artificial intelligence to simplify and improve contract review and management. So thanks for sitting down with us. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, listen, I gave a really brief description of what Legal On does, but I'm sure you can explain it much better than I did. So what, what does Legal On do? Okay. Um, Legal On Technologies is um, Legal Tech Companies. Um, I found it seven years ago. And now we have three solutions. And globally, we have four solutions. In globally, we have 3,700 customers. But to, to get to the basics for some listeners who might not understand anything about the legal process, so what is the service that LegalOn provides? For contract area, we have three products for pre-execution process of contract drafting or review. And second product is for contract management. So contracts is a very, very broad subject. Yeah. So LegalOn focuses mostly on things like, like NDAs and, and purchase agreements mm -hmm. and things like that, right? Yes. Of course, we can support NDA purchase agreement or service agreement, but we can review 50 types of contract for the market. Tell me a bit about your customers. So you said 3,700 customers, which is fantastic. Who are they? What kind of customers are they? Who are you selling to? Enterprise corporations or mid-sized corporations. Okay, but it's mostly selling to corporations, not to law firms. Uh, of course, both. So we have 500 law firm customers. Now that is interesting because in one of the many startup projects I've started over the years, one of them was actually a contract lifecycle management mm -hmm. company. And what we found was that it was incredibly hard to sell to law firms because they bill by the hour. <laughs> they, yeah. don't, they don't want to improve efficiency. They don't want to do things any faster. Mm -hmm. So how are you selling to law firms? So 
Law firm can use our product as their tools or their weapon. They can improve their productivity or quality of their product or their. So most of your customers are enterprise or corporate customers. And there it makes sense because in-house lawyers, they want them to be as productive as possible. If you can get the work done with three in-house attorneys, that's much, much better than 10 in-house attorneys. But if you're a law firm, you want to have 10 attorneys <laughs> billing the project, right? Yeah, but so I think there are competition. Law firm need to win another law firm by their service levels or service quality. If they use our product, they can support more customers. That's interesting. So you think the, actually later on, I really want to talk about how the, the legal industry is changing. But from your perspective, the law firms are responding to this kind of pressure and competition. Yeah. In Japan, or uh, maybe in globally, law firms try to get new customers. Yeah. Uh, then they compete by their services. So 10 years ago or 20 years ago, lawyers didn't have such kinds of ideas, but now law firms need to think about their service. That's a really positive development. Yeah. That's, that's good for everybody. <laughs> well, actually, before we talk about the product, let's talk a bit about you. Okay. So you're actually a licensed attorney in Japan, right? Yes. Now, I, I, I cannot imagine two career paths more different than being an attorney mm -hmm. and, and being a startup founder. Yeah. So what made you want to make that change? So when I became attorneys, I didn't think I will be startup founders. <laughs> but 10 years ago, people think about deep learning or machine learning. Or, and I found it legal with co-founders. And we discussed about if we can leverage machine learning or deep learning to legal areas, we can change legal practice or improve. So he was, he was your colleague at Mori Hamara and Matsumoto's yeah. law firm. Talk to me a little about that, that decision, because it just seems like such a big... So I, I talk to a lot of university students who become startup founders, yeah. but going from an attorney to a founder just seems like such a big jump. So what, <laughs> what made the two of you decide to do this? Mm, we thought this change of technology is a kind of must, must come in the future. So if we didn't try, uh, legal practice will be changed by another person. Yeah, someone else is going to do it. Yeah. If, if so, let's try. It will be exciting. Okay. <laughs> no, that, that makes perfect sense. But at the same time, or close to the same time, you also founded the uh, Zello Law Firm? Yeah. What was the connection? So now I focus on management of legal home. But I and co-founder Ogasawara, uh, we founded both legal home and law firm Zero. And at first phase, I worked for Zero as attorney, so to, uh, to earn money. <laughs> so was, was this your backup plan? In yeah, case yeah. <laughs> at first phase, we had a plan. So legal home developed technologies, then Zero leveraged technology 
to legal services. So we try to create kinds of new legal services with technologies. So Zello still exists. What's what's relationship today? So I mean, clearly your legal on is more than a full time job. Yeah. So Masa co-founder manage Zero, and Zero is expanding too. Now it has one hundred people. Do the companies just share a history, or is there a, a closer relationship? So, for example, a lot of your advantage is that the suggested yeah. language is reviewed by attorneys. Yes. So, is that done by legal on attorneys, or is that done by Zello attorneys, or both? Legal on attorneys make directions about contents, but we order Zero attorney to create new contents and Zero user product. This kind of collaboration is now. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's still very close relationship. Let's talk a bit more about the the product. So, what happens during contract review? Walk me through the workflow of of how an attorney using Legal On will review a contract and why it's better that way. To review contract, attorney need to find this point, but it it's really difficult to. Realize if there are nothing. So if there are some risk point is written, we can find it. But if there are no clause, we should add some clauses. So, so the AI will go through and and highlight the risk points, whether it's it's wording that might not be quite correct or or clauses that might be missing and should be added.、Yeah. What does it show the attorney who's using it? Does it say you should consider putting in this text or this word is dangerous or what? What kind of suggestions does it so make? So our product can show missing clauses or less clauses in few seconds, ten or twenty points. Then attorneys they consider about that point and then change document. So when when an attorney has to review a Forty-page contract. Legal on will highlight these are the the ten points you should double check, and the rest is okay. Yeah, and、um, it's difficult to <laughs> say rest is okay, okay. But, but but our product can find ten points for special attention. The attorney need to check, then the attorney can reduce time. So it's more of、um, almost like best practices. Type of advice. These are the kinds of clauses and kinds of wording you should think about using in this case. Yeah. So the reference text that it displays, right? The reference text is not generated by AI. It's generated by real attorneys. Yeah. So within Legal On, what's the the breakdown between、um, what percent of the company is is legal, what percent is like sales, what percent is engineering? Forty percent for development, and fifty percent for marketing and sales, and ten percent is corporate. And and are the attorneys considered part of development? Oh、uh, yes. So within development, what's the percentage of Engineers and percentage of attorneys. Eighty percent engineers. Okay, well, that's still quite a few attorneys. I mean, contracts seem like almost the perfect application for artificial intelligence,、mm-hmm. right? It, it's 
very specialized language, it's very formalized, and a contract is a lot of language. And lawyers are expensive. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, it's almost perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that you, you support about 50 types of contracts. Mm -hmm. So in the future, like five years from now, 10 years from now, like what, what percent of corporate legal work do you think AI will be able to do? Uh, <laughs> difficult question. So I think AI cannot replace human, but strongly support. I don't know about 50% or 70% AI can support. So in the future, for example, if we have a corporate legal team who is 50 people today, that same team doing the same workload five years from now with AI support will be like 15 people. Mm. or 20 people in the future in the future mm. yeah that makes sense so what's legal on's engagement model when you get a new customer is it a, a pure simple SaaS model or do you have to do a lot of training and customization for each firm's uh, legal needs our product SaaS model huh so i imagine all companies have their standard like every company's NDA is almost the same but different. Yeah. <laughs> and every company's employment agreements, and it's like every company is different. Yeah. How do you work with that? So if uh, some company receive contact from third party, they need to check. At that phase, our product can strongly support third party contract. And if our customers use their template, we have some function to support such situations. Okay, so the customers can put in their, their own wording for this yeah. situation. And yeah. So our customers can use some functions in depending on situations. Okay, so there's, they can customize it a little bit themselves. Mm -hmm. So in 2020, in response to COVID, the Japanese government I mean, they announced all kinds of changes to legal guidance, and in some case, the law itself, to support digital transformation. Things like not requiring hunkos and <laughs> trying to push really hard to get everyone to, to digitize. Mm. Has that helped your business? I think so. Before COVID, uh, digitization or digital transformation was for some early adapter companies. But oh. after COVID, many companies realized digitization is needed. So during COVID, companies were adopting digital transformation because they had to. There was no other choice. Yeah. Right? So we've been out of COVID, let's say about a year, you know, six months, a year. Do you see enterprise customers going back to the old way? Or do you see them more staying with more digital tools? Uh, talking about this digital, many companies will not back. They try to use digital tools or they think digitalization is really important. And now the Japanese government push. They're pushing it harder now. AI, yeah. 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 But working from office or working from home, many companies back to working from office. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 I did not think that was going to last. <laughs> <laughs> but digitization is not.
It's interesting the difference of opinion in working from home in, in Japan and working from home in the U.S. In the U.S., most people wanted to work from home. Like, if they could just work from home every day, they'd be very happy. Mm-hmm. In Japan, I get the impression most people want the option to work from home once in a while, but generally want to come to the office.、Mm, it depends on the size of their house. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Many, many, many houses do e s not have working space. Yeah, small Tokyo apartments. Yeah. So if there are some kids, it's hard to concentrate on their jobs. Yeah, that's true. The family life is driving a lot of people back to the office.、Um, well, let's talk a bit about your US market expansion. So, you've, you recently raised about $101 million from、uh, SoftBank and Goldman, Sequoia, and a lot of that's targeted on the US market entry. So, I respect legal practice of the United States. In legal areas, United States lead globally. So, many Japanese corporate lawyers go LLM. LLM is kind of law school for foreigners, right? Many corporate lawyers go to the United States and then they run practice and then they spread the new practice in Japan. In legal areas, practice of the United States is progressing. So, for contract or for legal space, the United States is the most important market in the world. No, you said something I thought was really interesting. So, when you were talking about the US as a leader, I understand that, that US contract law is very important all over the world.、Yeah. But do Japanese lawyers view the US legal system as like, this is a really good system?、Yeah. Or?、Um, good or, or no, it's difficult to judge which legal system is better. But the practice of the United States is really important. Well, it, It's very different, Japan and the US.、Yes. So, I mean, as someone who has to deal with, with contracts in both countries, if we do a same contract, whether it's an employment contract or an NDA or stock purchase, in Japan it'll be like a three page contract.、Yeah. In the US it'll be like 60 pages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I, I think it depends on the litigation system. <laughs> so, Litigation risk is really, really high in the United States.、Ah. So, to try new transactions, it is important for both parties to, to write in contracts. One thing I've heard about lawsuits in Japan is that the Japan legal system makes it very difficult to sue anybody. Yes. Usually, both parties lose. Yes. In <laughs> so, in Japan, Court system is really severe to plaintiff. So, in Japan, is a lot of the litigation handled just through private negotiations? Yeah. That makes sense. So, in the US, it's people need all the extra language to protect themselves. Yes, by contract. But I guess that would make, make it even a better market for legal on. Yeah, I think in the United States, the importance of contract is higher than Japan. So... There, I think there are opportunities for technologies like legal on review. Well, yes. And also, I mean, a customer will pay much more when they have to review 60 page contracts than we have to review three page contracts.、Yeah. <laughs> Because the law in the US and Japan is so different, 
did you have to change the the product? Did you have to change like some of the core functions within LegalOn? So we need to make product for the market of the United States because um, legal practice is different. But maybe we can leverage core functions of Japan product. Getting back to kind of general AI concepts again. So now, I mean, attorneys need to be licensed to practice in a particular country or in the U.S. in a particular state. Do you think as AI is increasingly used that there'll be re similar requirements on AI systems where Texas courts will require certification for this AI and... and Our system is for a kind of tools for legal professionals. But the, the technology, AI, is moving so quickly yeah. that even though today it's kind of a background tool, yeah. Yeah. putting aside that one stupid lawyer who like submitted chat GPT, GPT to the courts. <laughs> I mean, that's, that was just... Yeah, uh, I'm uh, really impressed. <laughs> I, <laughs> how did he pass the bar? But, but putting that aside, <laughs> even if today it's all back office and support, in the years to come, it's, it's going to move closer and closer to the actual courts. Mm -hmm. So do you think it'll come a time where it will um, have those licensing? Yeah. I, I think there are some points. One point is how technology with progress. And now performance of LLM is excellent, really surprising. But there are some kinds of problems. So it cannot support the accuracy of the content, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in the future, I don't know the LLM can solve that kind of problem. So... Even though today with LegalOn, we, we still have an attorney making the final decision. Yeah. We just have the AI analyzing and, and pointing out potential problems. But as we were talking before, like it's such a good application for AI. Contracts or like patent law, maybe even better. Mm -hmm. Do you think we're at the point yet where AI can understand a contract as well or better than a new junior partner? <laughs> uh, it's a difficult question. So, um, from my understanding, LNM is a um, system to create natural languages. So, it seems like it has knowledge, but it's difficult to know real mechanism of neural network. So junior associate can think by their brains and they have their knowledge. But I mean, you don't trust a junior associate to make the final decision either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's like... Um... So now lawyers who use AI or lawyers who use junior associate, but he need to decide. They need to make final decisions. So in the future, if we can delegate final decision to AI. So it depends on the level of AI. So if AI can... Well, that's, I mean, that's what I think is so interesting here is where we're going to be in five years or 10 years, but in the future, because... So if we say that, okay, today's AI on the level of a junior associate, you know, plus or minus. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll pull out the same type of questions and great. But as you say, it's going to get better and better and move higher and higher. 
do you think we'll get to a point where AI is supporting or actively running even the negotiation mm -hmm. where you have this company's AI is negotiating with this counterparty's AI to... It's interesting. <laughs> so if uh, one company delegates AI to negotiate and then one company delegates to AI to negotiate, uh, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I think so, too, right? so I, I cannot imagine what's happening. So, well, I don't know. I mean, I think it could be really useful because the AIs know the internal company goals, yeah. right? They know what they can give and what their different values are. Mm -hmm. So, it, I don't know. Maybe it would be a very efficient way to negotiate. <laughs> but do you see AI being used like? It's not just the review process, but in the negotiation and drafting and you know, the, the whole contracting process. I think it can be useful because if AI negotiate from both parties, I think there are potential they can create great solutions. <laughs> Better than humans. Yeah, maybe. if people couldn't find great solutions, but if AI did that, GPT can create well, I think we're still at a very, very early stage. But I think there's another aspect that people don't talk about much. I, I think this is going to have to change the structure of the legal industry. For example, um, before Excel, or actually before VisiCalc, if you're old enough to remember that, before spreadsheets, accounting companies employed lots and lots of bookkeepers people whose job it was just to add up columns in both directions, make sure they, they agreed. And the career path was you'd spend a few years as a bookkeeper mm -hmm. doing this, and then you'd move up and become an accountant and move up in accounting, you know, more strategic. But when spreadsheets came out, this whole job just disappeared. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me the kind of technology you're introducing uh, like in, in legal firms, junior associates spend a few years doing this contract review and highlighting potential risks and unusual things, and then they move up. And it seems to me like that's going away. Mm -hmm. So how do you think this is going to change the legal industry? So uh, I can understand your point because I worked as <laughs> one of the associates, so I... And I spend a lot of time to contract works or document checks. So some portion of associate works will be changed to technologies. But I think not everything. I mean, continuing the analogy with uh, spreadsheets, it's not going to be just lawyers using these tools. As, as costs come down and quality goes up, I would imagine consumers would also be using these tools for a lot of simple things rather than going to lawyers. Talking about futures, contract review process can be separate to some processes. Check document, then find risk or find missing, and there are some candidate of collect, and then decide and negotiate. Decision-making process is difficult to replace by AI or technologies. But what about when we're talking about standard contracts, uh, as a consumer, if I'm signing a new lease or want to make a will 
or uh, signing a, an NDA or an employment agreement yeah. or, or one of these simple things that today we have to go to a lawyer. Doesn't that seem like something an AI would be doing for consumer advice? So if needs of consumers is to find this point or something, so AI can support. So something like, hey, this, this employment contract has a non-compete, that's not good for you, or... AI, AI can do that. So I see this technology as being really, really disruptive in the true sense of the word to the legal industry. I, I think the traditional work to junior associates is going to be going away. It seems to me once this technology becomes available to consumers, a lot of the very steady, predictable work that lawyers do. Mm, so it depends on what consumers want. So if consumers need comment, AI can support. But if consumers want advice, it, it will be fit to lawyers. Well, I guess legally it couldn't give legal advice. Mm, yeah. <laughs> So, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so legally are, speaking, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lawyers are protected that way. Anyway. <laughs> but how soon do you think we'll see this kind of technology being used by consumers? Our customers are corporations or law firms, so we don't serve our product to consumers. Of course, it is difficult for consumers to understand the comment we show. Ah, yeah, okay. That makes sense. You're suggesting proper legal boilerplate that a consumer might not... Uh, to fix contracts, people need to find risks, then dis make decisions, then reflect to contract, okay. and then fix. So it's difficult to make decisions. So as a consumer product, it's not a complete product. Yeah. It can, it can highlight the risk, but the consumer won't be able to act on that information. Yes, and I think LLM has same problems. So if large language model create contract, consumers cannot judge it's good or not. So now AI is good tools for expert. Oh, that makes sense. Kind of disappointing. I'm really looking forward to having an AI <laughs> It would save me so much money. <laughs> <laughs> so if some companies create perfect AIs. We can believe it's quality totally. Yeah, but no, <laughs> I, I think you're right. That final step, you have to get a lawyer involved, no matter what, at that last step. Um, listen, Nozo, before I let you go, I want to ask you what I call my magic wand question. And that is, if I gave you a magic wand, and I said you could change one thing about Japan, Anything at all. The education system, the way people think about risk, how quickly people adopt new technology. I mean, anything at all to make it better for startups and innovation in Japan. What would you change? What's it matter? Mm. For Japan, we need more people and global people. So because now populations of Japan is reducing and if this situation continues, Japan will be shrinks. We need more populations and we need to change to more globally. So do you think the best kind of increasing population would just be increasing Japanese birth rate or more foreigners coming to Japan? I think both. Both? So I've been in Japan for 
30 years. And it's very interesting to look at how the social attitudes of foreigners coming to Japan has changed in that time. So Japan used to be very conservative about this kind of thing. Yeah. And, and it's really changed. So in terms of like innovation, what's the big advantage of having more foreigners coming into Japan? Um, great impact is domestic people can connect to another countries. I think many Japanese cannot imagine they can make business with global partners. So, also just having more foreigners in Japan makes Japanese more globally minded. Yeah, just so, the everyday interaction. So now we are trying to go to United States, but it depends on JPs. So JP is key persons of our global expansions. So before I met the JP, I couldn't imagine I can collaborate with you. <laughs> I can go to the United States. So, so in, in legal on, do you have a lot of non-Japanese working? Talking about persons, it's not enough, but now increasing, I think. Okay. Well, I, I think that that is... Um, I'm, I'm not sure about the changing of the birth rates, but it does seem like Japan is becoming much more welcoming to, to non-Japanese. Yeah. There's more and more foreigners coming to Japan, particularly engineers and yeah. designers. And, and so... That seems to be happening now. Mm. Good news. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think Japan is um, good to live. So now Tokyo is changing so easy. There are many English yeah. guys. Oh, it's so much easier than it used to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Noza, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. And we're back. After that interview, I spent a lot of time thinking about the potential impact of legal AI. And a legal AI is clearly going to drive huge changes in business and technology, but I think it's going to have an even larger social impact. You know, it's strange. People always overemphasize the impact of technological changes, but we tend to downplay the impact of social change. And that's not right. For example, I've heard so many people make the claim that if you took the average American from a hundred years ago and brought him into the present, he would be dumbfounded by smartphones and the internet and dazzled by modern technology and would be unable to function in modern society. And that's just wrong. I mean, these things are just tools. Handheld communicators, knowledge at your fingertips, space exploration. I mean, these were already established parts of science fiction at the time. Our, our time-traveling friend would undoubtedly be impressed and excited, but after a few weeks, he'd be posting selfies on Facebook and doom-scrolling on Twitter, just like the rest of us. The social changes he would see, however, would be shocking. The fact that America's had a black president and openly gay and lesbian Congress members, the degree to which social violence has become unacceptable, the extreme value we place on human life and worker safety, the fact that many of the most influential people in the world are women. 
Now, those things are probably touching on some deeply held beliefs about how the world works and the way things are supposed to be. And, and there's a good chance our time traveler would never really be able to understand or accept it. So, with that in mind, what social changes will legal AI usher in? I think we will see AI licensed to give legal advice in limited contexts. For example, AI will advise consumers on the fairness of leases, rental agreements, employment contracts, and help prepare wills and trusts. These AI legal services might even be available for free, something the government provides as a natural way for its citizens to interact with the complex legal code and to help ensure that contracts are fair and understood and relatively standard. But AI will be even more transformative in contract negotiation. Unlike humans, AI can be programmed and certified to fairly represent both parties in a negotiation. It can keep confidential information and strategic objectives compartmentalized and secret. Now, such a system could reliably, quickly, and inexpensively produce a negotiated agreement optimal for both parties, or advise that there's no deal to be reached. And once an AI can be programmed and certified to be an honest broker, to never cheat, mislead, or favor either party, they'll become the default. I mean, why would you want to do business with anyone who refuses to negotiate within a fair system? The whole adversarial nature of civil law would be transformed into a cooperative one. A hundred years from now, people will consider today's adversarial legal system as barbaric and wasteful and shake their heads as they try to imagine why any honest person would do business that way. Oh, we'll still need lawyers in the future, of course, but we are going to need a lot fewer of them. If you want to talk more about how AI is going to change the legal industry and change the world, Nozo and I would love to hear from you. So come by disruptingjapan.com slash show 207 and let's talk about it. And hey, if you enjoy Disrupting Japan, share a link online or just tell people about it. Disrupting Japan is free forever and letting people know about it is the absolute best way you can support the podcast. But most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.